0: Hello, we're so glad to have you here with us today. However you're engaging with us, if you're listening online, if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, wherever you're engaged, we just wanna say thank you. And we're so glad to have you with us. We don't take this time for granted. And even though things have looked different this year, we're still still so thankful for you. And we still so much love our Treeline family. I was talking to a few people from Treeline this last week and they were saying how much they miss our church family and getting together on a regular basis. And I echo that sentiment. I truly miss getting together. With our tree line family at PTC on Sunday mornings, and matter of fact, things have gotten so challenging that a few people tell me that they actually miss setup. Yeah, that's right, all of the hard, grueling work that we did at PTC on Sunday mornings, showing up at 7 a.m. in the morning and moving about a hundred desks out of the classrooms to set up kids ministry. People said they even miss moving the desks. Now, that's a pretty big statement on how much we miss getting together. But friends, we're just reminded that even though this time has trying and it's been challenging, that this too shall pass that this won't be forever that there will be a season where this will come to an end just believe that with me that there's good news there's things happening there's movement towards an end and a solution and I'm so thankful for that but in this time I am so thankful for technology that we've been able to stay connected and still get together once in a while physically as well now we're in a part two of a series that we kicked off last week and it's Thanksgiving weekend and I hope you got with some food. Maybe a lot of turkey, some stuffing, some green bean casserole, some sweet potato pie, whatever it was. I'm making myself hungry just thinking about it all over again. But I just want to give you an encouragement through this season of giving thanks for the things that we're thankful for in our life. Not just stopping with just the simple things like we do at Thanksgiving and the traditions that we have getting together with family, having a lot of food. Some of you have been setting up your Christmas tree and I just want to take a moment and say that's not right. You just passed right over. Thanksgiving, and at the end of October, Halloween candy wasn't done being even eaten yet, and you were putting up your Christmas tree. You know who you are. That's right. Your spouse to giving you a dirty look right now saying, uh-huh, that's right. Pastor's calling you out. We got to not skip over. Christmas is great. It's wonderful, but we can't skip over one of the best seasons of the year, which is Thanksgiving. And for us as Christ followers, this is an opportunity for us to cultivate some gratitude, cultivate a heart and an attitude of giving thanks. It's something that should carry throughout the whole year. But in this season, when we're really focused on it, it's a good reminder for us. And if you missed last week's message, I really want to encourage you, as this is part two, to go back and take a listen, watch it, um, get caught up with where we're at. I think it'll we'll really appreciate and give some more depth to this. We're, we're talking about cultivating gratitude. We're talking about having thanks, and we're talking about it in this season. And last week, we kind of said this, that a lot of times in life, as a follower of Jesus, we're trying to figure out what our purpose is. What What is God's will for my life? And sometimes we land on all those logistical questions on the who, the what, the where. What is it that God wants for my life? What is his his will and we actually said that god 's will for us and we read this in his word that he god 's will for us is to be joyful to always be praying and to be thankful no matter what we face in life to always have gratitude and that's his purpose for us to give thanks in all Things And then we wrapped up with some homework and we gave you this assignment to do. And we said, get a journal, something that you can write down in. And every day for three weeks, so we're one week into it, you're supposed to write three things down and there's supposed to be three different things every single day. So let me ask you a question and we're gonna be honest right now, no lying, because Jesus is watching. How'd you do on that assignment? Did any of you get started? Some of you are like, oh shoot, I forgot to get a notebook. Well, (laughs) wherever you're at, if you nailed it and you did it every single day, all week, or you're still like putting it off, and you're like, ah, you know, I'll play catch up eventually. And, you know, just be honest, be real. I hope it's something that you've had an opportunity because I think this is something that will really help us to cultivate gratitude in our life. That having a thankful heart, being gracious and having a gratitude, saying thank you to God, that that's something we can cultivate. Maybe you're not naturally wired that way to think about it that way. Maybe that's something you haven't experienced and done a lot of in your life. And it's so important that we do this. And if this is the first time you're hearing about the assignment, you're like, I don't even know we had homework. Well, it's okay. No worries. You can get caught up. Just start today. Our goal is to start We're 21 days, three weeks, three things write down every single day what you're grateful for and it would be something different every single day single time. And if you haven't started, that's okay. You can get jump in now and finish up the next two weeks with us. Some of you are like freaking out thinking you're in trouble right now because you didn't do it. It's like sitting at the principal's office and you got in trouble. I'm going to get the ruler out now and start smacking some knuckles because you guys didn't do the homework. Just kidding. So awesome to be able to do that. Matter of fact, I really wanted to open up today and I know this is going to be super exciting for some of you and try Try to just, you know, hold yourself in. Don't, don't get too excited and squeals of joy here. But I know some of most of you know that I'm a dad, right? I'm a dad. Uh, we've got a bunch of girls at our house. And as a dad, it is a rite of passage that I tell dad jokes. That's right. I've got some Thanksgiving dad jokes for you. Are you guys ready for this? Some of you, this is like the best tree line service you've tuned into in a long time. If you were here today, if you were watching and listening, this was the right message to listen to. So here's some dad jokes for you. So the question is, if pilgrims traveled on the Mayflower, what do college students travel on? You ready? Scholarships. Get it? Come on, that's hilarious. Yes, the dads are laughing. I know some of you are rolling your eyes. Well, I'm sorry, it's only gonna get worse. It's downhill from here. That was was one of the best ones. Next one is, what did sick people do on the Mayflower? I can't even get through it. What did sick people do on the Mayflower? They went to the dock. (laughs) I'm sorry I'm cracking myself up Sick people the Mayflower went to the dock Alright this is the last one I promise I, I'm not going to torture you anymore But here's the last one ready What did the turkey say before it was roasted I'm stuffed Come on, someone. That's amazing. That's some great dad joke humor right there. I hope that you are not too mature and too much of a stiff to be getting some dad humor, some dad jokes. It's funny. It's okay to laugh once in a while and enjoy it. And we can laugh at church. It's one of the things I miss, getting together and, and laughing together and having a good time and experiencing joy and you know, cracking a terrible, terrible dad joke every once in a while. So hopefully that was a highlight of your Thanksgiving weekend. You're welcome. Feel free to use any of those anytime some dad jokes on Thanksgiving. Um, before I get any trouble, I'm going to now shift to the Word of God because I'm a pastor and we're supposed to do that. First, Thessalonians 5:16 and 18. We read this last week and it says, always be joyful, always keep on praying and no matter what happens, always be thankful for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Basically saying, if you've said yes to a relationship with Jesus, if you've surrendered your life to him, this is God's will for us that he wants us to always be joyful. He wants us to be praying. And no matter what, in every situation that we are supposed to be thankful. Now, last week we said, we, no matter what, even in a year like 2020, which has been so challenging, and maybe you've been going through difficult things and it's not based on the pandemic or all of the political things and another election year and the social injustice and unrest and everything. Maybe it's just been a difficult and challenging year and you've just been going through a lot of things personally. Maybe it's been a, a health struggle. Maybe it's been something with your job or your finances or relationship. I don't know what it is, but I'm reminded here in this verse that God tells us that we're supposed to be thankful. Now, it doesn't mean that we're thankful for the thing. We're not thankful for going through a financial struggle. We're not thankful for having a relationship that's struggling. No, we're not thankful for those things, but in everything, that we're not for it, but in everything, we are supposed to be thankful and cultivating a heart, an attitude, a posture of gratitude of being reminded that in all things that God is good and that God is worthy of us giving us his praise, that we give God our praise because he is worthy of it and that we give him our thanks. Now, last week, we unpacked a couple of points and this one, I I wanna dive in on this last point in part two and this one is really important. Are you ready for this? It says, your focus determines your reality. Your focus determines your reality. Now, some of you who are really sharp Star Wars fans, you're like, wait a minute, isn't that a quote from a Star Wars movie? Did our pastor just use a point in the sermon that's a quote from a Star Wars movies? And yes, those of you who are very sharp, that that actually is a Star Wars quote. It is um, talked to Anakin in the first Star Wars episode one, and he tells him this. He says, your focus determines your reality. And now it sounds like some kind of Jedi mind trick, right? It's like your focus determines your reality, but just bear with me here. I'm not just trying to preach to you some Star Wars theology. Paul, the apostle, was actually preaching this a long time ago, all the way back in the Bible. In Philippians chapter 4, he says this, and now, brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Now, Paul, why would he have to do this? Now, one more thing. Why would he have to say these things to us? And now, when you're trying to teach someone to do something, you're trying to teach them something that's probably counterintuitive to what they do or something that they don't know how to do, right? When you go to school, and you go to class, they teach you what you don't know how to do. When you're raising your children, you're constantly teaching them to do something that's against their nature, right? Like clean your room and brush your teeth and all those things that you try to get your kids to do and have hygiene and make sure your classes and your studies are a priority and you can't just eat junk food, right? And this is the same thing. Paul is doing the same thing to us, is he's telling us to think on these things that are good, that are lovely, that are pure, that are admirable, that are honorable and right. Why is he telling us? Because I think he was saying, hey, I got to remind you these things because most of the time our human nature, maybe this is just me, we do the opposite. We tend to to really focus in, we really pay attention to things that aren't so great, that aren't so lovely, that aren't honorable, that are really challenging, that are really negative. But Paul's saying to do the opposite, that we have to do this in Philippians 4.8 to focus on these things, to think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise, of giving God thanks. See, if you're looking for something to complain about, you will always find it. If you're looking for something to complain about, (laughs) it's easy. You will always find something to complain about. But the flip side is true as well. If you're looking for something to be grateful about, you will always find it. Why? Because you will always find whatever it is that you're looking for. You will always find whatever it is that you're looking for, except four-leaf clovers. I don't know. It's just me. I can't find them. Like I can be in like a field with someone. Actually, our neighbors, they're really great at finding them. And You're like out in a field in the clover in summer, and I'm down there trying to find one. I can't ever find one, but they're really great at it. I don't know if you are. You, are you good at finding four-leaf clovers? I'm, I'm terrible at it this is true. If you're looking for something to complain about, you will find it. And if you're looking for something to be grateful about, you will find it. Matter of fact, there was a study that was done decades ago and it was done with college students. And they asked college students these two questions. First, they asked them, how happy are you? And then the second question was this, how many dates have you had in the last month? Now, when they asked them the questions, they found a really weak correlation between their happiness and how their dating life was going. Now, here's what happened though. Those sneaky research researchers, they flipped the questions. They flipped the script and they asked them like this, how many dates have you been in the last month? First question. And then second one, how happy are you? Now when they flipped it out like that and they begin to do it, then all of a sudden there was a strong correlation between people's dating life, whether they were going out and dating and they were having a strong social life or they were feeling a little lonely and not doing any dating at all. And they begin to correlate. They could see that because of their dating life, they were either really happy or they were not at all. Now, this is something that psychologists call the focusing effect, that whoever we focus on can determine things, including the level of happiness that we have in our life. There's another study that was done, and I find this even more fascinating. It is a study based on Olympic medalists, people who won Olympic medals, and they they found that bronze medalists, third place, they are quantifiably more happy than silver medalists. Wait, wait, hold the phone? What what are you talking about? How can people who won the bronze be happier than the people who had the silver? The people who won the silver beat the people with the bronze. It seems like it would make sense that they would be happier than the people who got third place. But see, what they discovered was, is that people who won the silver, that they were so close to getting first place that they were not as happy with their position in winning a medal. And they found it to be true that people who won the bronze, they were so close to not winning and getting a place at all that they were just happy to be up on the podium, right? They were just happy to place and even get on the podium and win a medal at all. And this is something that is called a counter factual, a counterfactual and there can be upward counterfactuals just like the people with the silver medal they are at least happy they're frustrated right they're frustrated that they were so close if it, if it just you know could have been a second more or whatever they could have done and they could have had that gold medal and so it was an upward counterfactual and it caused them frustration and discontentment. And a downward counterfactual is they say hey it could have been a whole lot worse right Those bronze medal is I could have not got a medal at all I could have not been, you know I could have been that guy in fourth place and had I had nothing to show for all my efforts. And that is a downward counterfactual. And this is something that we do all the time in our life that affects our happiness, our joy, and the gratitude that we express in our life. Now, there's a fictitious letter. And I don't know if you've seen this. This was circling uh, the internet some time ago. And it's a fictitious letter that a girl wrote as a college student um, to her parents. Take a listen. It says, Dear Mom and Dad, I have so much to tell you. Because of the fire in my dorm set off by student riots, I experienced temporary lung damage and had to go to the hospital. While I was there, I fell in love with an orderly. We moved in together. I dropped out of school when I found out I was pregnant. He got fired because of his drinking. So we were moving to Alaska where we might get married after the birth of our baby, your loving daughter. P.S. (laughs) P.S. None of this really happened, but I did flunk my chemistry class and wanted to keep it in perspective. Now, that is a great illustration of the downward counterfactual. Hey, mom and dad, remember all that terrible stuff that happened? I was just kidding. None of that happened. I did flunk chemistry, but it could have been a lot worse, right? I could have done all of those things, and it's a really great way to show us a downward counterfactual, which leads us right back to Philippians 4.8. Dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your Thoughts on what is true? Are we fixing our thoughts on what is true? On what is honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable? Think about the things that are excellent and worthy. Of praise. That just like this happens in our life, that we can experience these downward and these upward counterfactuals that help us to cultivate gratitude when we realize that things could be much worse. And yes, yeah, sometimes you miss out. You're like, man, if I could just get here, if I could just have that. And and here's what we've got to get to today: is that joy is not getting what you want, it's appreciating what you already. Joy isn't appreciating what you want. It's appreciating what you already have. It's not changing your circumstances. It's changing your focus. What is it that you are focused on? What are the things that you are thinking about? What are the things that you are showing for, looking for? Are you looking for all the negative and the things to complain about? Are you looking for the good things, the things that you have to be thankful for Now I don't know about you, but sometimes when I go shopping, I forget about all the things that I have, and all of a sudden, instantly, I'm discovering all the things that I don't have. Like if you go to the tools section at Lowe's or Home Depot, it's like, forget all the tools I have in the garage. I need one of these. I don't even know what this tool does, but look how cool it is and it's shiny. I need one of those or whatever it is for you, if it's clothes or, or shoes or sports equipment, whatever you can just fill in your poison there. When you go shopping, you figure out, you forget all the things that you have and you are reminded of all the things that you don't have and that you need. Now, this is especially true if you have kids. If you've taken your kids to the store before and your kids probably have toys and things that they have, when they're at the store, are they being like, man, mom and dad, I can't wait to get home and play with those toys that you spent your hard-earned money for me to have. No, they're like, forget those toys. I need these. I don't have one of those. Look how awesome that is. I've got to have one of those. It's an upward counterfactual. But see, if we flip the coin on that, the same thing is true. And If you've ever had the opportunity to go on a missions trip, it is life-changing. Matter of fact, I've heard it over and over and over again that even as we go to serve others and tell people about Jesus and meet physical needs over and over again, I've heard experiences in my own life that typically the person who goes on the trip to serve other people benefits it is the recipient of so much more than what it is that they plan to give out to others because it does something amazing for us when we remove ourselves and go, especially to a third world country when we go to a place that has so much less than we are blessed with in our nation when you realize what a what a how thankful we can be for simple things like running water and a toilet someone come on let's give praise for Jesus for a toilet and toilet paper yes come on i mean there's so many things that we can be thankful for and even in my own experience i had a years ago I had an opportunity to take a trip to Guatemala with a, a group of teenagers and uh, and we stayed at an orphanage and just even beginning to see in, in my life and be, being so thankful and seeing the difficulties that they went through and seeing the challenges that they faced and even how fortunate they were to see that there were even children just not that far from there who were literally living in landfills and dump and their job was just to go out every day in these landfills and totally unsafe environment and, and to look for food and for things that they could survive off of. And when you see something like that with your own eyes, <laughs> trust me, friends, it will begin to change you and you will experience a downward counterfactual like nothing else. It will totally change your perspective on life. And it'll totally change the things that we take for granted, the things that we miss, that we are blessed with in our life. And I'm not saying that you live a charmed life and that everything has gone your way and that you haven't struggled and there haven't been challenges. Friends, we all go through struggles. We all face challenges. Life will be difficult, but if we're not careful, we can lose sight and become numb to all of the things that we truly have in our life to be thankful for. See friends, either your theology will conform to your reality or your reality will conform to your theology. See, it's simply saying that either you filter your circumstances through the character of God, or you will filter the character of God through your circumstances. Your focus truly does determine your reality. And so it's so important that we pay attention what it is that we're giving space in our thoughts, that we're taking time to write down the things that we're grateful for, to not just simply focus on all the things that are negative and broken in the world. It's not about living in ignorance and just turning a blind eye and pretending that we live in denial and that none of that's happening. That's not what it's about. But it's understanding that what we focus on, what we truly set our mind upon, will really determine the amount of joy, the amount of happiness, the amount of fulfillment, even even the gratitude that we will have towards God. So excited that this past week, some of you were able to submit a video and share what you were thankful for. And I just want to take a moment and hear from some of the people in our church family who submitted a video and said, hey, here's some of the things that I'm thankful for. Here's what's going on in my life with everything that's been crazy in this year with as challenging as 2020 is. It's so encouraging to hear from you and some of the things that you have been thankful for. Take a look. It's so awesome to hear from you and to see some of your faces. I just kind of wanted to reach through the screen and hug some of you. Just so excited to see you and hear the things that you are thankful for. And what an amazing example. And to see through our brothers and sisters in Christ that we can focus on, yeah, there's a lot of negative things. Yeah, there's a lot of challenges. But there are a lot of good things that we can be thankful for, that we can celebrate in our life, even as challenging of a year as it has been and continues to be, that there is so much that we can be grateful for. There is so much that we can have gratitude with. I want to close with this story. See, in in the Bible, there's a story that Jesus healed some people. Now, this is what's really interesting. There were 10 lepers. Now, when I was a kid, I always thought they were saying leopards, like the big cat from Africa, but it's not leopards, they're lepers. It's spelled a little bit different, sounds a lot. So kids, if you're watching, I'm not talking about Jesus healing cats. Uh, But there were 10 lepers. You're like, man, the dad jokes are hot today. I was just one as a kid. I'm just being honest with you. No, no, No guilt, no shame if you thought they were big cats. But there were lepers, and this was a terrible disease. Matter of fact, if these people were diagnosed with this, they were shunned completely. They weren't allowed to see their families ever again. They weren't allowed to see their friends ever again. They were totally set separate from their community. There was a space outside of the city that they were sent to go. They were outcasts. They were untouchable. People weren't allowed to see. Matter of fact, if they came anywhere in proximity to people, they'd like throw their hand over their face and start screaming unclean. So people would know to stay away, steer clear. They were total outcasts, had no place and no place in society. You can imagine what a struggle that would be how terrible of a situation that would be in. And so Jesus enters the scene and he finds this colony of lepers and he he does something amazing. He prays for them and they are healed. Not like kind of healed, they are miraculously completely healed. All their skin clears up, all the signs, all the symptoms, they all go away. But even in that, as Jesus prays for them and all 10 of these lepers are healed, something amazing happens in this story. That one, only one of the 10 lepers comes back to give Jesus thanks and it's pretty amazing as he comes back to Jesus to say thank you to him Jesus actually says to the guy he's like where are the other nine weren't there 10 of you Jesus notices and so where were the other nine people well they were out enjoying the blessing from Jesus They were out enjoying the blessing that God had given them. And see, it's so easy to miss because of all the things that we have in our life. And here's what I know that I want to be true about my life. I want to be like the one guy that came back. I don't want to miss out on all the things that I can show gratitude and give thanks to God about. I don't want to miss out and say and just enjoy the blessing, all the things that God has given me. And God obviously wanted them to enjoy that. But we have an opportunity to position ourselves, to develop a posture, a heart of gratitude of giving thanks to God. I just want to encourage you, if you've not got that journal yet, go ahead and do that. Start a page in the notes app, whatever you've got to do, three times, write three of them a day, make them different every single day. We're going to continue this over the next two weeks. I truly believe as you begin to do that exercise and maybe you're like, man, Brian, writing three down will be a struggle to start with. Just start small and do it. I, begin, I believe as you begin to do this, it'll continue to cultivate thanks and gratitude in your heart. Let's pray together. Jesus, I just thank you so much for all the amazing blessings that you have given us in our lives. And God, even through a challenging year, challenging season, God, that we can be reminded of all the things that we have to be thankful for. Lord, I pray that you would help us as your followers to be like that one leper who came back to say thank you for the amazing thing that you had done for them. God, I pray that you would help us to develop a heart of gratitude and giving thanks. And God, that we would truly know that what we put our focus on, that things that we choose to focus on truly will determine the joy and the gratitude that we have in our lives. As we understand that our focus truly does determine our reality. Lord, I'm just so thankful for all the ways that you have blessed us, all the ways that you have loved us. And God, that we would be reminded, God, that if everything else was stripped away, if there was nothing in this natural earth that we had to be thankful for, even if everything failed us, our health, our finances, our relationships, and everything came to an end, God, that we would have something to still be thankful for. And that would be the gift of your son, Jesus, the gift of salvation, the good news of the gospel of what he has done for us, that even if everything else was done and everything else was gone, that we will know that someday as your children, as your sons, your daughters, that we will be with you in heaven. And that ultimately is something to be grateful for. So God, we thank you and we give you all the praise. It's in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're so thankful to have you here with us. I wanna remind you as always, if there's some way we could be praying for you, if there's something that we can do to help meet a need for you, please don't hesitate to reach out and let us know. We are here for you. Well, thanks for joining us again today. We look forward to seeing you again real soon. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at treeline.church or on social media. Our mission is to see family trees change by a lifelong relationship with Jesus. We hope you can listen or join us next week.